Welcome to another episode of the Bryce Side Podcast. back. Looks like Texas survived its taste of the northern cold and had their very first week of winter. And not to say I give them a grade D minus for handling it. Granted, this is a once in a century type of storm, so they were ill-prepared. But how did you prepare? Did you have firewood? Did you have water? There's a lot of panic buying in the stores. Did you stock up? Did you prepare? Growing up in the North, it's always taught me, no matter what, always have a readily supply of dry and canned food for emergencies just like this that happened a few weeks ago. And you gotta know, how do you make a fire? How do you filter out your water? A lot of survivalistic tactics that most modern people do not know or have in their wheelhouse. Hopefully that week will teach you that you need to have those survivalist skills. Again, fitness is also a key component to those skills. So get up, get in the gym. You need strength to chop that wood, to rub sticks together, start a fire. What else are you gonna do? Wait for the government to help you? The government's not gonna help you. Only you can help you. Big triple hitter UFC this weekend. Three title fights, two male championships on the line, one female. Let's get into my picks right now. Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunes. It's pretty much going to be a wash. Amanda Nunes, hands down, unanimous decision or submission in round three, or maybe even TKO. Megan Anderson definitely has the height and striking advantage, but she has zero ground game. And though she may be taller, she will probably be the smaller of the two night of the fight. Her losses come to the bigger featherweights and on the ground, because once again, you're an awesome striker, but you don't have a ground game. She tore up Holly Holmes on the feet, and all of a sudden, Holly Holmes turned into a Division I wrestler and took her down repeatedly at will with single legs and held her there, and she couldn't get up. Amanda Nunez is bigger, faster, stronger, and a black belt on the ground. She's not going to have a very good time. It'll just be a wash, rinse, repeat, 
mix it up with a striking, make her think she's going to be in a stand-up war and take her down like Amanda Nunes did Jermaine Geranamine, the Iron Lady in their featherweight title bout. So that's pretty much an easy pick. If you're betting, there's not much money to be made unless you want to bet the underdog with Megan Anderson. So my pick, Amanda Nunes gets the W. Male, Phantomweight, Peter Yan, Piotr Yan, and Aljamain Sterling. Really not much to say. Looking at their records, not really that impressive. Piotr Yan, best win was against Jimmy Rivera. Same thing with Aljamain Sterling, and the rest was for Jan, Aldo, and a Uriah Faber. Maybe if it was at their peak, it would have done something, but you're just beating up on old people. Aljamain Sterling, similar thing. His biggest win was against Sandahagen, and that doesn't really count, seeing what Sandahagen is doing now. I see Piotr Jan edging out the W either by decision or possibly a finish in the later rounds. I don't think Aljamain Sterling has that dig deep dog mentality when things get tough. When things is going his way, he's great, but again, what happens when things don't happen the way you want them to? Are you going to fold, rise up, or are you going to crumble? I guess we'll find out, but again, for the middle, for the bantamweight title fight, my pick is going to be Piotr Jan. The main event, Style Bender against Jan Bohovic. Tough, tough, tough one to call. Izzy is going up in weight to 205. He has to pack on the pounds which means he'll, he will be slightly slower and the extra weight can affect his cardio. And has he effectively put on the weight properly so his body can adapt to it? Maybe he did some smokers in between, who knows? Jan is the new champion, destroyed Dominic Reyes, who thought he was just going to win. And now he wants everybody and anybody to face. And now he's going to face Stylebender, who's putting himself on this self-made trajectory to fight John Jones, or give the appearance of fighting John Jones. So, it's going to be a tough call. You got that as Joey Coco Diaz calls it, that immigrant mentality. You know my philosophy, I never want to fight someone from a poor Eastern European or third world country because they have a chip on their shoulder and something to prove versus a trust fund baby who always has a way out and doesn't really need to fight, they just think it's cool. Stylistically, you have the dynamic counter-striking abilities of 
style bender versus pretty much the straightforward boxing ability of Jan. It'll make for a good, interesting fight if you just follow the blueprint of Calvin Gaslam and don't make it pretty, make it an ugly dogfight, you will have success against Stylebender. Paulo Costa and Yoel Romero did nothing. They wanted Izzy to come forward so they can counter-strike him. Same thing when Anderson Silva called it in their fight with Izzy. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to shell up a little bit and come forward enough to where he can't fully get into his range and take him out. Trying to strike at his range, he's going to pick you apart piece by piece and make you look like pretty much an amateur and you have no idea how to strike or what striking is and just be another highlight reel on his path to John Jones. So for Jan to win this fight, he's got to make it a dog fight. Make it ugly, make it dirty. Don't make it this pretty striking display of mixed martial arts and kickboxing. Press him, go forward intelligently, and knock his ass out. Because you are the bigger person. You should have more power, theoretically. And you should be able to finish him. Because again, that's a huge jump from middleweight to light heavyweight. It's a 15 pound gap versus the other five to 10 pound gaps. Very strange that they do this. My personal preference, I would like to see Jan win, but then I also kind of want Izzy to win just so that shit talking between him and John Jones will create the biggest hype for the biggest fight ever. Maybe at the Astrodome, fingers crossed, coming in fall, because John Jones is fighting the winner of Stipe and Francis in July. And quick note, I predict Stipe is just gonna beat Francis again. Because again, brutal, brutal knockouts for Ngano, but he's just windmilling punches. And if you know how to move your head, clinch, take him down, or just move your head and counter strike, you're gonna do fine. And this is exactly what Stipe did. Only caveat to that, as someone mentioned in an interview before, has Stipe's eyes fully recovered from the two DC fights. You can't hit what you can't see, and if everything is a big blur, your depth perception, your field of vision might be compromised. 
Now back to the light heavyweight title. On paper, based on stats, moving up in weight class, you tend to go with the incumbent champion. So it's kind of a toss for me, but I'll go with Jan Blahovich for a unanimous decision win. I think Izzy is smart enough to not get finished. If he does get finished, it might come in the fourth round towards the end. But again, I do also hope that he does win just because the shit talking between him and John Jones will be comedic gold and it will probably be the biggest pay-per-view of 2021 when they fight for the heavyweight title in the fall because John Jones is not going back down to 205. So to recap, Piotr Jan defeats Aljamain Sterling, Amanda Nunez defeats Megan Anderson, and Jan Blahovich defeats Izzy Stylebender Adesanya. And those are my UFC picks. Again, my opinion, my picks. If you lose money based on my picks, that's your fault for listening to me. Now before I begin, let's go back to the first couple episodes with jujitsu and how it was popularized after UFC and whatnot. The Brazilians would go to the local karate, taekwondo gyms and beat everybody up term was called a dojo storm or issue garage challenges to where people would show up to their garages they would film it and they would beat them up with jujitsu and open palm strikes and again pretty arrogant ballsy to walk into another martial arts gym call them bullshit and then proceed to beat them all up to promote the efficacy of your martial arts and how it is superior, air quotes. And then, signs of a McDojo. Do you have a cult mentality in your gym? Is your instructor or professor, air quotes, infallible? demands 100% loyalty from all students without question and you give them all your money without question for testing fees, uniform fees, belt fees, and along with you never ever cross training anywhere else. And if people are excommunicated from your gym, they're excommunicated from your life. If you find that you have to secretly go to another friend's academy 
or train with someone who's not affiliated with your instructor and you have to do it on the down low, more than likely you're in a little mini cult in a McDojo. And with that said, let's talk about the beef that's been going on in jiu-jitsu with Atos and one Gordon King Ryan. Again, McDojo, how does that academy portray themselves? Humble, soft-spoken, go to church every Sunday, just work out, positivity, 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 positivity. But if you go on their social media, they're using a lot of profanity. They're insulting women and children. They're insulting the athlete. They're doing post-celebratory dancing, which exudes humbleness and demanding money and threatening violence. Gordon Ryan talks a lot of shit only when you talk shit to him. And even then, most of his shit talking is just trolling for comedic purposes. He only amps it up when you amp it up. And even after you have your match and you squash the beef, he shakes your hand, he shakes your coach's hand, and then he gives you compliments in his post-fight interview, so long as you are respectable too. Now you, as the head owner of your organization, and Andre Galvao, you're talking shit, you're posting interviews, saying how you demand this, you demand that, you're better, yada, yada, yada. And then you meet, and then one of his teammates meets your teammate in a match. His guy beats your guy. Again, good match, yada, yada, yada. Goes to shake your hand. You do the fake out, and then you flip him off. I don't really have a problem with that. But again, you project yourself as this jujitsu-loving, church-going, humble, nice guy. And then you do that. Tends to raise a few questions. Gordon Ryan is like, fine, whatever. Then you go backstage, you're following him, you're harassing him, you're still talking shit, and then you shove him. His response is to slap you. Your response is to back away, still talk shit, and then he slaps you again. And in his post-fight interview, you're still coming over there and you're talking shit. And you have Gabby Garcia, of all people, breaking the fight up for you. Nowhere in there does that seem to me like you're a soft-spoken, humble, church-going guy who just loves jiu-jitsu, just wants to be competitive. 
Your words aren't matching with your actions. And then your whole team is attacking one person. And not one member of your team came to your defense when he got bitch slapped. You should think about that. And again, you talk shit to the wrong people, you're going to get hit. Me personally, someone bitch slaps me, it's on. We're fighting right then and there. It's not over until you're bleeding and or dead. Or the cops pull me off. You stumble backwards, only to get bitch slapped again. You as a brand, as an overall man, just got heavily diminished. You've lost all credibility. The optics are not good on all fronts on your side. You instigated, it escalated, you cowered, and you backed down. How can you go back to school the next day and preach, be humble, be nice, be respectable, and then you just pull up the YouTubes and say, but professor, air quotes, what about this? Seems kind of hypocritical. But again, those are just my two cents. I mean, you have to fight grappling or MMA or whatever just to get your man card back. Again, if you let a grown man slap you and you're another grown man and you do nothing, you're done. It's over. Burn everything to the ground. Fake your death. Come back to somebody else. Because you're pretty much done. And then still talk shit after that. I'm pretty sure the next time he's just going to probably punch you. He was being nice by bitch slapping you. Again, there are certain people you can talk shit to and nothing will happen. Eventually, you will run across those people who you cannot talk shit to. This goes back to my quote of the civilized man is a discourteous man because they think they can say whatever they want because we live in a world of laws and consequence. Look what happened to the OSUI receiver against the MMA fighter. He talked shit. He got hit. And now he's suing the other guy when he was the instigator. I think that is laughable. The whole situation with Atos versus one person is laughable. Again, there's a lot of shit talking, not a lot of walking. Gordon Ryan talks a lot of shit, some serious, some not. But no matter what, he's always down to fight. He's about that life. Most people in the jiu-jitsu world aren't about that life. And the 
looks like Andre Galvao, despite all of his accomplishments, really ain't about that life. Here's something new. Quote of the day. Set mind to fucking purpose and seize glory. No excuses. No bullshit lies. Get in there and get shit done. The only person holding you back is always going to be you. There are people who have less than you and are doing twice as much as you. Get it done. So ends another episode of the Bright Side Podcast. I'm available on all platforms. Like and subscribe to stay current. Keep your comments and questions coming. It's good to see. I'm inspiring a lot of people to get up and get after it. Keep it going. You guys are pushing me. And until then, you can always find me only on the Bright Side.